Welcome in everyone to our GSP Ace of the Day presented by DraftKings. Pretty good Tuesday for us here at Cracked Rackets. Two and one with our picks. We got a win from Christian Guerin over Kei Nishikori at minus 124 odds. We also hit RBA Basilishvili under 19 and a half games by half a game. I said yesterday, I think it's a straightforward one break in each set for RBA. That's exactly what he delivered. A 6-4-6-3 victory, 19 games on the dot. Those two victories yielded us about a full unit, an $8.00. 80 cents in total. Now, we lost five of those on the over Pavelchenko over Teichman two and a half sets, but that match was a battle, and I did suggest also taking the over in games that would have hit. That was my way of saying it was going to be a close match. 7-6-7-5, so we're sniffing in the right direction. Of course, we also knew there were going to be other battles. Some of the other things I tossed out there yesterday, Hatchinoff Struf, both over two and a half sets and over 22 and a half games. Both of those odds hitting. Check, check. Now, we didn't pull the trigger on ace of the day, but we knew we were leaning in that direction. Dominic Kopfer, minus 195. He was a winner. Bublik, plus 120. He got the victory. Uh, some of the other winners on the day, Rabakina, Svitolina, we knew they were going to win as well. We just won't, weren't sure what exactly was going to look like, so we stayed away from those specifically. And again, that's a theme I just want to reiterate. It's still early. There are some funky results in this this transition from hard courts to clay. We saw some players still making their early returns here in 2020 or playing their first clay match after long runs in New York. And so I said, stay away from Monfils and Hanifman. I said, take the over in games and sets. Now that wasn't the case, but that was my way to indicate. I thought Monfils was on upset alert and that's exactly what happened. Yannick Hanifman pulling off the upset. We also saw Fognini Kohlschreiber. That was a three set battle. I already talked about Struve Hatchinov. I also said, beware Ugo Umbert could put Daniil Medvedev on upset alert, and that's exactly what happened. Umbert getting the two breaks he needed, one in each set, to pull off a victory. Of course, there were a ton of other matches across the world in tennis. You had French Open qualifying. We gave all of those picks. You can find them day in, day out on this uh Great Shot Podcast, Ace of the Day, in article form on our website, CrackedRackets.com. Other winners on the day, you know, Alex Richard, uh, Iskander Mansouri, Andreas Seppi, Lorenzo Musetti, uh, you know, for, uh, Caruso got a win, Correa got a win, uh, some other good winners for us on the day, Orlando Luz, a winner, John Luigi Quincy, plus 150, he got the win, Rune got the win, uh, so a bunch of fun matches across the board, and of course, that leads us to our next day here uh, for our GSP ace of the day as these events roll on in Hamburg, Strasbourg, Roland Garros qualifying, and of course, ITF and challengers across the globe as well. Of course, we did have a good day yesterday, and hopefully you all cashed in on that good day with our friends at DraftKings. And by the way, if you're not playing along, it's far too simple for you to not take advantage of DraftKings offer for you Cracked Rackets fans, for you to not get in on the action with us as we head into the year's third and final Grand Slam. And that wasn't a number we thought we were going to hit, so we only got three, but that feels like a definite victory here in 2020. Hey, three, victory, it rhymes, great shot. That's how you know it was a good idea. Anyways, what else is a good idea? You getting in on the action with our friends at DraftKings. Here's how it works. You're going to go to DraftKings.com, create your DraftKings Sportsbook account, and make a deposit. From there, DraftKings will match your first deposit at 20% up to $500. Then you're going to make your first bet, and DraftKings will also match that with a risk-free first bet up to $500. 
Just go to dkng.co slash cracked open to play. That's dkng.co slash cracked open. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, crisis counseling and referral services can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER in Illinois, New Jersey, West Virginia, or Pennsylvania, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa, or 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado only. You must be 21 years or older and in a participating state to take advantage of this offer. DraftKings bonus that comes in uh, DK dollars, which have no cash value and must be used on DraftKings. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for more details. All right. With that in mind, let's get to our picks for Wednesday's slate of matches. And again, it's pretty tricky because a lot of these matches are toss-ups. The players playing this week, I will reiterate it once again, they either haven't found their rhythm yet and are still looking for matches uh, heading into the French Open. They're riding a high of momentum and may have played, you know, six, seven, eight matches over the past 10 days. And now are they starting to get a little bit physically wary? Are they players who, yeah, they've had their run and they're taking advantage of that run, but maybe now they want to rest up as they head into the French Open, although that's never really a thing. Uh, Although, or, or maybe, you know, just maybe they want to just ride it out. If you're a Dom Kofer, what's more beneficial to make, you know, quarterfinals in Rome to then follow that up with a semifinal in Hamburg? And then regardless of how you do at the Grand Slam, you still get that first round paycheck, but you also have the experience of those other events as well. Needless to say, uh, there are a lot of funky results here uh, in these first two weeks in the buildup to the French Open. And for the men, three out of five sets kind of evens that out as we get into the Grand Slam. But of course, funky results is what we've grown to expect and love from the WTA. And with that in mind, again, a bunch of stayaways as we look at the action in, again, Hamburg, Strasbourg, and across the tennis spectrum. You look at the matches in Strasbourg tomorrow. I mean, I think Diaz-Habino is a battle. I think that's two players who won three-set matches in their first-round matches for Habino. is a three-set win over Stevens uh, for Diaz. I don't remember who that match was, but I believe it absolutely was a three-set battle. And in fact, I'm looking back at it now for Diaz. She ended up knocking off. That's who it was, Christina McHale, 6-7-7-5-7-6. Now she's had a day off since that win. Uh, but that's still a toss-up to me between her her and Habino. It's going to be an absolute grind. It's one I'm staying away from, at least in terms of picking a money line winner. Ditto for Kiki Burton's Ostapenko. Two players still trying to find their form here as they get back accustomed to tour play here in August. That's a stay away. And then Katerina Sinyakova versus Katerina Alexandrova. Absolutely a stay away. I respect Alexandrova too much to ever pick against her right now. Uh, But Katerina Sinyakova is playing really well. She absolutely took it to uh, Angelique Kerber last week in Rome. And for Alexandrova, the problem I have with her, she lost 0-4 last week to Rabakina. I think uh, Sinyakova is going to do a lot of similar things. I think she's going to attack her in similar ways, take balls early, move forward, play big, play down the line, and I do worry that might overwhelm Alexandrova here on the clay courts. Now, I respect Alexandrova. She's playing too well to pick against her outright, but if you're looking for an underdog in Strasbourg tomorrow, I think Sinyakova's the pick uh, to play, but again, for me, that's a stay away now. There are a ton of other fun events at the challenger level. Some stayaways just because personally I enjoyed these matches too much. You know, you look at it, Patrick Kipson, uh, he's taking on Sebastian Fanislau, two guys 
who played college tennis and obviously near and dear to my heart. Another all-college battle, Afaya Aini versus Strong Kirkheimer, some other good ones. You have, you know, Surandolo versus Echeverry, Jaziri versus Orlando Luz. Lloyd Harris taking on Bjorn Fertangelo, Thomas Bellucci taking on Andreas Seppi. Some fun uh, doubles matches throughout the day as well. Those would be my stayaways. Some other fun uh, matches, some intriguing odds I have circled. You know, people like Hadid Maya or uh, Rune or Skander Mansouri, they're honestly huge favorites tomorrow. Uh, If you look at the action in Hamburg, guys like Kasper Ruud, who I think is definitely going to win over Benoit Paire if he's rested, if he's healthy. Although that was a deep run in Rome, and so that's why I don't want to pull the trigger on an over and under or even a games, even though I do think Root's going to win comfortably there. I'm just, you know, I'm 99% sure, but I'm just not in the mood to have Benoit Pair rob me of money today and make me look like a fool. So, you know, Root minus 590, obviously like him there. I do think Dan Evans is going to give Pass some trouble tomorrow, and if Pass loses, then it's red alert, given the way he lost the U.S. Open, the way he lost in Rome, the way he would lose, hypothetically, to Dan Evans, uh, but for me, you know, minus 560, I just don't want to touch that one. Rublev minus 625, I love the way Andre Rublev's playing, I just have a policy, I enjoy Tommy Paul too much as a tem- tennis player to ever have money against him, so, you know, the odds not great there, but I do expect Rublev to look good, FAA over Bublik, that's going to be some big serving and some funky tennis, uh, but all of those matches, the odds just too lopsided to me, it's not worth it. Some underdogs I want to sprinkle in, in terms of some futures or uh, challenger action. You know, Gianluigi Quincy was a plus 150 underdog yesterday. He is again today over La Heca. Uh, I like him. I like Borna Gojo plus 150. And then I like Agamonone uh, plus 140 tomorrow in terms of some dogs you can see uh, littered throughout. Also, a couple other ones real quick, actually. Uh, Francis Tiafo minus 160 over Lorenzo Musetti. I know Musetti beat Wawrinka. I know he beat Nishikori. That feels pretty disrespectful to Tiafo coming off of a round of 16 at the U.S. Open. No, uh, clay is not the sort of surface for him that hard courts are, but he moves really well. Uh, obviously, his breakthrough came on green clay many moons ago, but I think the clay allows him to set up more time, do things with his forehand. He's still going to move forward. He's still going to throw in slice, and it becomes that much more tricky on this surface. And I just think it's a little disrespectful to have Musetti as a favorite over him, despite him looking good of late. Tiafo plus 160 or even the over 21 half games in that match at minus 150. I kind of like that tomorrow. I kind of like it a lot. So just something to keep in mind. Also the kooky monster minus 180 over Emilio Nava. It's a stay away from me because I think Emilio Nava is really good, but the kooky monster, uh, he's ready to go pro. And obviously, we are so fortunate we're going to get to see him for another season in college tennis at UNC. In terms of the French Open qualifying picks tomorrow, I like a lot of dogs on the men's side. You talk about some of them, and you know I don't have their opponents in front of me, but... Some of them that stand out. Emilio Gomez coming off of his win over Sabeth Vild, plus 105. I like him. You know, I like Ulysses Blanche, plus 210. I said it at the beginning of the year. It's a take I'm going to stick with. You know, Clay is actually where he won his first challenger. And you look at his game, that serve, that forehand. I don't care about the surface. This guy can dictate. This guy's got top 100 power. And I think he's starting to learn to rein it in, folks. Give me Ulysses Blanche, plus 210. Give me Jack Sock, plus 190. 
90. Kimmer Copenhans plus 125. Hyun Chung plus 125. Michael Mo plus 135. Schnurver's quarter tomorrow is really interesting. That's two IMG guys. Schnur, the older of the two. You want to talk me into him plus 215. I'll hear your conversation. Jason Jung plus 180. Again, hello. Uh, but it's quality. So a lot of action to get in on. Again, you want to see my full slate of picks for the men's winners. Check out our GSP Ace of the Day article on our website, Crack Rack. Com. In terms of the women, they got started a day later. So what the men did today, the women, or yesterday, the women are doing today. Uh, some of my picks, not as many dogs, but I do like people like you know, Katie McNally to come through, uh, Rodian Nova, Ruse, uh, people like her, Lepchenko, I think ends up coming through, Tausana, I think ends up coming through, Kung, I think ends up coming through. There are a lot of good matches on the day to Mova, but, you know, I like the favorites more so on the women's side, and again, to look into that, be sure to go check out the article on our website. I mentioned a lot of the bets I considered there, you know, some of the underdogs. Ooh, I do actually have their opponents in front of me now. Gomez plus 105 over Horansky. Horansky's played well, but I just really like Emilio Gomez's game, particularly on clay. Pedro Martinez minus 190 just feels a little bit low against Robin Hassa. That feels like more respect for the name Hassa than an indication of their current levels of play. For Blanche, it's plus 210 over Maroney. For Sock, plus 190 over Bagnus. Leonardo Mayer is a really tough opponent for Carlos Taberner, but if he continues to display the level he has these past couple of weeks on the Challenger Tour at minus 165, you're getting a steal. And then Michael Moe, plus 135 over Lucas Rosal. Uh, I like that one. Again, in terms of some of the over-unders on the day, Pass Evans over 20 and a half games, even if that match is a Pass win. Yeah, I think at worst for Dan Evans, it's like a 7-6-6-1 and you know, seven six six one is twenty games on the knot, and that is, I think, worst case scenario. So over twenty and a half games minus one oh nine. I think if you're gonna get in on the action in that match, that's the play for all of you. Now, in terms of my aces of the day, again, we're keeping the units to a minimum here because I'm just not that confident headed into the French Open. There's a lot that can happen, and in the week before a slam, it's just it's always funky. Never more so than in 2020, right? So only two aces. Pieces of the day for you, and it's involving three matches. It's going to keep things simple. I think Christian Guerin is a guy who should find himself in the second week of the French Open. If he plays well, he's already going to be a top 25 seed. That means his third-round opponent shouldn't be too devastating, right? It's not an adult. It's not a Djokovic. It's not a team. It shouldn't be a Zverev or Tsitsipas either or even a Berrettini. If it's not one of those guys, that means it's a winnable match for Christian Guerin. He's minus 175 over Yana Konofman, who has played so well of late, but has also played a ton of matches. And you look for Hanifman yesterday, of course, a straight-set win for him over Gael Monfils and for Yana Konofman former USC standout. I call him the most underrated player of 2010's men's college tennis. Just was about as sure of a thing as a point as you could find during his four years and just kind of rode under the radar. I mean, the team he, Roberto Quiroz, Ray Sarmiento, led that senior year for them, or maybe that was the junior year for them, the senior year for Ray, uh, the one that won the uh, the fifth in six years. That team was sneaky, sneaky good, and they got hot at NCAAs. And Yannick Hoffman had a lot to do that. The passing shot he hits against Alex Damajan, the forehand stretch that swung that NCAA semifinal. Anyways, that's not the story for now. 
Uh, the point is, I'm a big fan of Yana Konofman, so me picking against him here is nothing against his game. I think he's a top 100 player when healthy, and obviously his level right now is indicating that, but you look for him yesterday in terms of what he was able to do uh, against Gael Monfils. I mean, it was about as picture-perfect of a performance as you could want. He made 69% of his first serves, 32 of 35 on those first serve points. Simply put, he only faced one break point. He saved it. I think Christian Guerin's going to create more opportunities for himself. I think Christian Guerin's going to be better on his own serve than Gael Monfils was, although Gael Monfils was pretty good on serve. He only faced two break points, just happened to get broken both times. Uh, Christian Guerin minus 175. Again, this is a put my money where my mouth is. I think Christian Guerin, two ATP titles on clay earlier in 2020. He's a guy we've all had circled as a player who you know, had things stayed as they were pre-pandemic, was a guy who, given how few points he had on his resume because of how much he missed in 2019 with injury, legitimate shot at breaking the top 15 if he made a third, fourth round at the French Open. Now, things get a little bit tricky for him now with the rejiggering of the scoring system, but if he's the threat, I think he is, and an 0-3 win for him over Nishikori in round one over Hamburg, he'll win this match over a tricky one over Yana Konofman. I'm putting my money where my mouth is now less than a unit and with the minus 175 odds we're going to do over five dollars but we're going to go eight dollars on this one 0.8 units to win four points uh 0.46 units in return four dollars 64 cents to be simple eight dollars to win 464 that's ace of the day number one and again though i do like yana Konifman a lot this is more for me just a statement match for Christian Guerin. In terms of my other match, and they're two tricky ones because I think Dom Kofer, I don't need to tell you what he did last week. He was so impressive. He had really good wins. Obviously, the three-setter uh, he won over Alex Dimenauer in round one. That was a match he really could have lost had he not played as well as he did. He then goes on to follow those up with wins over Monfils, over Musetti, gets a set off Djokovic. Of course, he beat Kukushkin and Simone in qualifying just to get to that quarterfinal his first at the Masters level. Uh, Then he comes here. He gets a good three-set win today over Nishioka. He takes on Roberto Bautista Agut. And of course, you know, for uh, for Dominic Kofor, he's played really well of late. But if you're feeling it in your legs, one of the last people you want to play is Roberto Bautista Agut, who simply put, just dismantled Nicolas Basilashvili today. It was a clinical 6-4-6-3 straight-set performance, just did everything he needed to do to win. And as Roberto Bautista Agut gears up for this French Open. I think this is a big match for him. Get this one under your belt. Put it in the win column. Uh, and he certainly should. Uh, I don't know how Kofor is going to hurt him just because Kofor doesn't play the biggest game. Now, he changes directions really well, but if you're going to make a match physical and it's RBA versus Kofor, give me Co- uh, RBA in that one. Uh, just, you know, in a battle of strengths, they both do the same things well on the court. One's a righty, the other's obviously a lefty. And the sorts of balls they hit are different, but in terms of physically what they can do, I do think it's going to be a battle, and if you want to take the over two and a half sets in this one, that's your power. Uh, I just think RBA is going to win, so put him in the win column for me. Minus 375, not the best odds, but of course that's right in the parlay zone. So who am I joining him with? Someone I can't quit on, Arena Sabalenka, who I thought got everything Ellen Perez could throw at her and more in her first round match, and yet just managed to recover, just managed to hit her off 
the court display that sort of power game the plus one tennis that on clay you could argue is even more effective because of how much more difficult it is to hold your ground to find your footing on the surface she's minus 230 tomorrow over on a Blinkova and Blinkova has been really really good of late you look at some of the results she's put forward for Blinkova in Rome she ended up beating Vogel Teichman and Bolsova Zadianov uh Zadianov before losing to Pliskova four and three at the U.S. Open for Blinkova uh you know she lost to Jen Brady but you can understand that in Cincy for Blinkova a loss to Layla Fernandez uh but you know she's a she's a tough out obviously but I just think this is a match again for Sabalenka if she's going to do what I expect her to do at the French Open and it wasn't a disappointment excuse me there for her at the U.S. Open because it was just a tough second round she faced Vika who we all know how good Vika looked during that event but I had Sabalenka circled I'll continue to have her circled she's minus 230 tomorrow over Blinkova you parlay her with RBA you get them down to about minus 122 odds so we're going to throw that little parlay in RBA Sabalenka minus 122 odds half a unit five dollars to win 414 those are my two picks for ace of the day Garen minus 175 over Hanifman eight to win 464 RBA Sabalenka parlayed together minus 122 five to win 414 a reminder to all of you listeners to get in on the action just go to dkng.co slash cracked open play along with us with our friends on DraftKings. of course if you are looking for more french open preview content be sure to like rate subscribe review this podcast the mini break podcast cracked interviews and inside out podcast be sure to subscribe to our youtube channel so you don't miss any of our videos and of course for all of our content just turn to our website crackedrackets.com shout out as always to our super producers max fligner and daniel westoff for the of an editing job they do day in day out making all of this content possible uh, because of course we want you listeners to continue to be the most well informed the best educated fans in the business and take advantage of that with our friends at DraftKings and of course you can expect these podcasts day in day out as we roll through the year's third and final Grand Slam event but with that being said for our wonderful friends at DraftKings our super producers Max Fligner and Daniel Westhoff our friends, uh, and all, I should say, and all of us here at both Cracked Rackets and the Tennis Channel Podcast Network. I'm your host, Alex Gruskin. You know what we say. Hey, great shot, and may the odds be ever in your favor. Good luck, everyone. Good luck, everyone.